Today we've got a great revenge story all about becoming the worst nightmare on a flight. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I planted bamboo all around my apartment building because my landlord sucks. I'm playing the long game on this one. So I live in a really cheap one-bedroom apartment with my daughter, who's now eight. We moved in four and a half years ago. My landlord promised me the two-bedroom at a very reasonable rent price. Well, when the two-bedroom had become available, despite my income and ability to afford the rent price we had discussed, he told me he's not comfortable renting to someone on just one income, meaning a single mom. He knows I make enough to cover the two-bedroom for what he said he'd rent it to me for. Nope. Instead, he rented it out to this couple who sell drugs and make their living that way. So I ordered bamboo seeds and three years ago, I planted them all over the building. From what I read, it takes up to five years for them to sprout and break ground. But in the meantime, they are forming extremely complex root systems underground, which will make it nearly impossible for him to ever get rid of the invasive plant. Freak him. I can't wait. Definitely the kind of revenge where you keep an eye on like the Google Street View a few years later. Wait for it to get updated and see all of a sudden there's some bamboo stalks sprouting up all over that yard. Maybe if this guy's lucky, his next renter will be a panda bear. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, I purposely farted in front of a guy at the gym because he wouldn't take no for an answer. So, a few things. I go to the gym to work out and decompress. I don't see it as a place to be social. I wear large over-ear headphones. I was at the gym and just finished one of my sets for deadlifts when a guy walks over. This is something I'm used to, despite how much I dislike it, but he starts talking to me and I'm able to pick up he's flirting. I'm polite and waiting for the proper moment to end the conversation. When he asks for my number, I decline. He keeps talking and going into the usual shtick of, why not and come on. At that point, I'm very uncomfortable and also annoyed because my workout timer has already gone off and it's past time for me to start my next set. I put on my big girl pants and tell him he's making me uncomfortable and I just want to finish my workout. Does he leave? No. He keeps talking now going on about how he didn't mean it like that and he's not a bad guy. No actual apology to be found. Now, during this entire interaction, I've had to fart. I was being polite and holding it in until he left, but seeing as he's not, I think, well, I know a way to get him to leave. As he's still talking, I let it go. It's silent, but rather smelly. It only takes about two seconds for him to catch a whiff. He stops talking, and the face he makes is too much that I have to bite my lip to stop laughing. That's when he gives me a look of, are you serious? And then finally leaves. And I'm left alone to finish my workout. Now, I definitely think the silent but deadly technique works really well if you can do it, especially on command. Actually quite impressive. But I also understand while it is absolutely frustrating to drop what you're doing, walk away from a machine, potentially have somebody else come grab it while you're walking away, I'd love to see OP just go straight to whatever employee nearby that they can find and just report this guy because that kind of behavior is never going to be tolerated. Or if for whatever reason it is tolerated, you then know that that gym is not it. Most places will be mighty serious about guys who do not get the message and just leave people alone. Our next story is, I got paired in a group project with my bully, so I made her fail. This happened in high school around 12 years ago. 
There was a girl, we'll call her Alex, that used to bully me non-stop. Alex and I actually used to be friends in elementary school, but out of the blue she decided she was too cool for me, so she felt the need to bully me. She used to whip coins at me on the bus so I'd get little welts. She'd have her male friends call me and ask me out as a joke. And she'd point and laugh at me in the hallway, which I thought only happened in movies because honestly that one is pathetic. She made my life absolutely miserable. High school comes around and guess who has to sit next to her in Spanish class? Me. And guess who sat behind us? Her two best friends. I felt so small and invisible. She would even have her friends pick on me like throwing spitballs or ripping the pins out of my hair and throwing them across the room so I had crazy hair. I got so fed up but was too shy to speak up. The teacher had us do a group project, and she picked teams of four so you worked with whoever sat near you, and of course I had to work with her and her two best friends. I tried asking them for help, and they would stare at me and continue their conversations with each other, so I had to do the entire project by myself. I remember looking over at my teacher, and I can see the empathy in her eyes, but she didn't say anything. It wasn't a major project, but we had to come up with some script in Spanish and all of us had to speak in front of the whole class. Since I wrote the whole thing, I basically made her lines make no sense, and I didn't follow any of the rules for her. We had to use certain words and tenses and I didn't include any of that. In the middle of her speaking, I think she realized what I had done, but she was in too deep to stop. The teacher raised her voice at Alex and I don't remember exactly what she said, but her tone definitely implied that Alex was an idiot and that she can expect a terrible grade. The best part was the public humiliation in front of the whole class and there were definitely some giggles across the room. This part is just an added bonus, but I haven't thought of Alex in so long until now. I decided to look her up on social media and she posts this lavish life on the beach all the time with her expensive Jeep and Louis Vuitton bags. Then I googled her name, and there's public records of her getting sued multiple times because she can't pay her bills. Credit card companies, apartment complexes, etc. So it gives me a chuckle knowing her whole life is just for show and she can't actually afford her rent. No hate to anyone that's struggling financially, but when you're buying designer items, maybe worry about paying your bills first. What's really interesting is her Instagram is almost like an advertisement saying, hey credit card companies, hey apartment complexes that I've defaulted on, come get me, look I've got expensive things and I'm going places. You think some money hungry debt collector that is willing to take them to court is not going to document that Instagram and share it as evidence that this person is clearly not paying with money that they have? Our next story is, I turned their wash towels into flags. Every time this particular neighbor of mine goes into laundry day, she always hangs her wash towels and blankets in our gate and fence, and it was annoying as freak because whenever I take out my car, those dang towels are blocking my way. I tried to ask her not to do that, but instead she just smiles and says a shallow, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. But she'll do it again. I'm a patient person and waiting for the right moment to teach her a lesson. Then this moment comes when it's her laundry day and as usual, she hangs her towels on our fences and she goes out for groceries and I already prepared a passive aggressive plan. I bought some poles and I tied her towels to it to look like a flag and planted it on their rooftop since we live in row houses and I can access their roof. It looks like a meeting of United Nations with those towels of different colors. Soon she returns and saw my masterpiece, and she immediately confronts me and shouting hysterically, why did I do that? 
I just smiled and shrugged my shoulder and said, at least I didn't put it in the trash. She leaves quickly and climbed on the rooftop to put down those towels with an angry look. To this day, no more towels are hung on my fence again. I mean, I'm just glad Opie didn't get in any more trouble. I'm just glad the neighbor didn't fall off the roof. God forbid somebody that's all fired up and feisty like that, they climb up on their roof still shooting angry glances down. I'd be worried that they might be a little bit more lackadaisical, a little less thoughtful than usual trying to pull down these makeshift flags and all of a sudden, whoops, the flags aren't the only things that got put down. This next story is taking revenge on abusive parents before I move out. We'll update. So, the title says it, but for more information, my mother was neglectful and barely gave me any attention unless she was scolding me. It was a complete 180 in front of people and on Facebook. She cares about image, relevant. My father was my safe parent. Safe as in, whenever I didn't do something I wasn't taught or didn't entertain an argument with him, he would get violent. There were many times I thought he was going to end me. He would even say so himself and tell me he would make it look like an accident. I won't list the things he's done to me, but maybe I will someday, but for now, I'll focus on updating. So, November 29th, 2023, my mother's worried about image and she's been on some keto thing and she's lost a lot of weight. Good for her, but it annoys me because she makes comments like, here, take these pants, they'll fit you, and when they're too big, there's no way they could be too big for you. Just little crap like that, you know? Also, I know, giving me pants is a good thing, but it's in the manner she does it. Oh, just tell her to stop. No, when I tell her to stop something that makes me uncomfortable, she doubles down. If I call her out and then I upset her, she screams at me, dad finds out, and yeah. I know I'm a total jerk for this, but I want to get some kind of revenge that I know would absolutely destroy the both of them before I move out. I'm getting my stuff together. So today, I replaced her zero-sugar drinks with sugared drinks. I think tomorrow I'll replace her carb-free stuff with carb stuff. She didn't notice any difference with the drinks today, so yeah, let's go. I think for my father, I'll replace his drugs, recreational drugs, not medical, I'd never do that, with safe, not drugs. Like I said, I'll keep you guys updated. Ever since I was a little girl and watched Matilda, I've always had a fantasy of doing stuff like that. No Miss Honey is going to save my inner child, so here I go. I just know my therapist is not gonna like this, but oh well. Edit, thank you for the replies. My father isn't as abusive as he used to be. I don't fear for my life anymore, and I can't go no contact because there's a family member that I need contact with. Edit 2, guys, I'm not putting fentanyl on anything. Edit 3, okay, thank you so much you guys. But my dad isn't dependent on drugs, it's just weed. Second, he won't end me. He used to be violent, but he hasn't been violent with me since I was 19-ish. Well, I wish Opie the best of luck. I mean, it's one thing to maybe switch the drinks around, and I'm honestly surprised they couldn't tell the difference. I'm somebody that loves themselves, some zero-sugar drinks or diet drinks or whatnot, but I definitely think I'd still notice if I was all of a sudden out of the blue drinking something with 65 to 75 milligrams of sugar. That said, I wouldn't go near messing with the father's stuff like that. I feel like if there's any scenario where they're going to tell it was messed with, they're going to realize that's definitely oregano and somebody either stiffed them or stole their stuff. Our next story is, I was disinvited as a godfather to a christening. This happened a few years ago. I was friends with a straight couple at work. 
The girl told me she'll take me as the godfather to her son. However, I remember the guy joked that I'll make his son gay. Not an uncommon joke here in the Philippines, where at least 40% of the guys you meet are gays. This is akin to jokes like, how do gay people increase if they can't have children? So I just laughed it off. But some christening day, this was a couple of months after the conversation, I never received an invite as a godfather and never received an invite to the reception while all our colleagues, we're all in the same team, were invited in the church and at the reception. Everyone in the office group chat were gushing at how cute the baby was. I was in disbelief. Come Monday, everybody was talking about the christening, some even asked why I didn't go. For people I was close with, I just whispered I wasn't invited. Now, here in the Philippines, godparents are expected to give money or gifts around Christmas times to their godchildren. We traditionally call this Aguinaldo. So that year, I spent so much buying gifts to all of my colleagues' kids. Some are my godchildren, in fact, except for this couple's child. Made sure to happily announce I have gifts for all of their children and told them to look inside their drawers. This couple did not show any reaction whatsoever, but I knew it stung. I ceased being friends with them, too. The boy is 8 years old now, and I saw his mom's TikTok account and he was dancing to Ariana wishing that child, if ever he is gay, he won't have to deal with his homophobic dad. I do think it's a pretty funny thing to say how do gay people increase if they can't have children. That said, I'm totally on board with what OP did here. They were excluded for being gay? Well, I mean, they made their choice. They didn't want OP in their kids' lives. They were literally kind of projecting that in the joke of saying, oh, you'll make my son gay. So I think that makes it a very easy choice for OP to exclude them in return. It's just kind of awkward when you actually are the kid's godfather. I feel bad because they'll probably lie and say that you're such a huge jerk if the topic ever comes up with their kid when they're older. Our next story is, she knows my name now. Not sure if this is considered petty revenge, but here goes. So a few years ago, my husband and I used to be really active in visiting the downtown area we used to live by. We also had a couple of part-time jobs in the service industry there, so we knew a lot of people by name bartenders, servers, retail workers, owners, etc. We were also all social media friends, so there was a lot of networking and just knowing who was who. Anyway, there was this one bartender in particular that my husband and I both had met one night while we were sitting at one of the popular bars. She was really friendly and we all start having a great convo about the downtown scene. We then find out she's dating a friend of ours, so my husband and I introduce ourselves formally and she does the same. We chatted a bit more until after we headed out, and that was that. About two weeks go by, and my husband and I are out and about, and we see the bartender again. She says hi to my husband and calls him by name, and she looks at me and says, I'm sorry, what was your name again? No biggie, I tell her, and the night goes on. Fast forward a couple of months, and my husband and I were out with a group of friends, and we see her and her man in their own friend circle, and they eventually come over to us. Her boyfriend is our friend, so he says hi to us like usual, but she greets my husband by his name, then looks over at me and apologizes for not knowing my name. It didn't bother me. I went ahead and told her and she just half-heartedly said, my bad, without even looking at me. I don't usually take things to heart, but she has met my husband and I at the same time and has had the same amount of interaction. We know her boyfriend. He knows my name. I was a little miffed. Time goes on and randomly, one day, my husband and I were taking an afternoon walk downtown to get some sunshine and window shop and we see the bartender chick walking our way. 
When she gets closer to us, she smiles at my husband and greets him by his name, and then looks at me again to say she's so sorry she doesn't remember me. Before I can even respond to her, she just starts benching about how hungover she is, how she is absolutely beyond miserable, how she had to work until 3am bartending, and then had to sleep in her car because she had to open too. She said she can't even keep food down and it's so hard just trying to walk to the bar to clock in. When she finished talking, I started applauding and said, that story was the greatest story I've ever heard in my entire life. You should tell it again so I don't ever forget it. She looked at me with complete shock and locked eyes with me for a few seconds and finally managed to respond, no, it isn't a great story. She didn't say anything else after and just walked away. After that, I saw her a couple of more times downtown and she made sure to avoid me. Feels good not having to repeat my name again. I don't blame OP one bit, it's definitely a huge irk to intentionally introduce yourself multiple times to somebody and for them to completely just clearly not care. This person was here to only vent about what they cared about, seemed interested enough to remember OP's partner, and just try to dump their emotional baggage on them, I completely understand. OP wants to shut that down real quick. Our next story is Petty Revenge as a Gas Station Manager. I was a gas station manager for seven years. The first place I was managing was a small place. There was a small apartment building behind us that had five apartments. Many, many days I would come in and have to clean up trash from around the dumpster where they would throw their trash but not put it in the dumpster. Never could figure out where it came from, but did complain to the property manager about it. Nothing changed. One morning I come in and it was disgusting. They threw the bag in untied and it was hanging off the side, all the trash on the ground. I was ticked. I grabbed the broom, gloves and dustpan, trash bag, etc. and went out to clean it up. The first thing I saw was a piece of mail. This is when a light bulb went off for me. Cue petty revenge. I grabbed a marker and wrote on the mail, stop using our dumpster and making a mess. I collected all the trash, then went to their porch and proceeded to dump it on their porch. I then set their mail on top of the pile. I absolutely gave no freaks that day. They said nothing about it when they came in later that day. Still makes me laugh. I'm so glad that there wasn't like some kind of complaining or something. I mean, really, I'm glad OP didn't get in trouble for doing this because I feel like this is one of those dumb situations where somebody complains and somehow OP still gets flack because the people running this place don't care enough. Like, to the owners, OP's just like a mindless minimum wage slave that should just keep working and clean up every mess that's thrown at them. And how dare they create a situation that they have to address. Our next story is, co-worker who is horrible to everyone doesn't get her seat. I have this co-worker that's been working on my unit for years. Let's call her BP. We work with psychiatric patients, and to be quite honest, she is not empathetic or therapeutic towards patients or co-workers. BP's mean to everyone, talks crap about everyone, is entitled, has had others quit because of her attitude, and just mean. We have seats on the unit we like to sit in. They aren't assigned, so if someone is sitting in that seat, the person will just go on to the next one to do their work. Not her. BP will wait till you move from that seat or will bully you to give it up or be like, it's my seat. I have my own mental health problems and some of my family too. Since I work somewhere that can get people onto units when they need the help, for my family I brought them in because I trust my coworkers in the psychiatric unit we have. 
I learned that BP was talking crap about my family and that's honestly miserable. Because why kick someone if they're down? And if their family was in that situation, you would want to be compassionate. BP usually works a different shift, so I usually leave when she comes in, but not today. Today I'm doing overtime, so I sat my pretty butt in the chair and typed up my work. I'm a fast typer, but I deliberately typed slow and went over my work three to four times to make sure everything was correct. She asked me to move and I said, let me finish my work. BP goes on to say she's been here longer and I know that that's her seat. I reiterated what I said and went to pee. She proceeded to stay pouting in the other chair and refused to start anything or any of her work because of it. After an hour and a half, I slowly moved over and told my other co-worker he can tell her she can move back since she was complaining to him earlier. God forgive me, but it was nice to be that petty for once, especially as someone who isn't assertive or likes confrontation. Just a gentle reminder to be nice to others. Man, somebody like this deserves so much worse than just having their seat taken. In fact, if there is any kind of HR, they deserve to be reported for that kind of stuff. That's not cool. I mean, you're working in a psychiatric unit. You shouldn't be talking bad about anybody for being in hard times mentally. This next story is, I've managed to stop my bully. It was someone from work. At first, he just insulted me. Then he even pushed me, like that for months. I just ignored him. A few days ago, I couldn't take it anymore and I insulted him back. He threatened me. He told me that later in the street he would hit me. He is lame. He doesn't have a crutch, but he limps. He doesn't walk well and I told him, What are you going to do? Are you going to hit me with the crutch? And I began to imitate his limp. He went blank. Not only did he stop bothering me, but he didn't speak, not just to me, to anyone. It's sad that to stop a bully, I have to become one of them. I don't know how old this bully is, but like, I almost feel bad in a way because I feel like there almost has to be other stuff that's going on that's making them act out like this. I mean, obviously, if they're an adult, there's no excuse. But still, like, there's gotta be more going on, right? Our next story is, stop urinating with opened door. So, my husband is a wonderful man that just happened to be used to urinating with opened door. Our relationship is usually without petty disputes or childish one-upsmanship. Well, after spending a year asking him monthly to close his door so I don't have to see and hear him pee, I snapped, decided that diplomacy is useless, and instead went into offensive. He was peeing, doors opened wide, and I just went in, leaned into the door frame, and started staring at him quietly. He stopped urinating and looked at me like I was a weirdo. He asked, what am I doing? I said that I thought the opened door was an invitation. He asked me to leave and close the door. I did this two more times. After that, he finally realized that our bathroom door does in fact close and that he also has that power. Anyway, I handle most of our disputes in slightly more mature manners. 100% this is something that irritated me so much growing up. I don't know why, but there were people who just loved to leave the door wide open while they were peeing. And even now, when some of my relatives visit or stay over for a couple of days, they'll use the restroom, shut the door, but not lock it. So when you live alone, you're kind of just accustomed to nobody being in the bathroom. It slips your mind and bam, you walk in on somebody sitting on the porcelain throne. What annoys me the most is when I would walk past the bathroom and right as I'm walking past, I hear the tink of them actually locking it only because they heard me walking close. It just seems like such a common sense thing to me. 
This next story is how my ex-co-worker's rash decision cost $4,500 plus dollars. In my previous job, a colleague had accrued over $4,500 in travel stipends throughout the year. He left the company on good terms, but unexpectedly, I received a notice about a debt in his name that somehow fell into my lap. I reached out to him to relay the message, but his response was unexpectedly harsh. Despite my role as a mere messenger and being in a relatively senior position, he seemed to relish the opportunity to lash out at someone above him in the company hierarchy. He grudgingly agreed to settle the debt, expressing frustration over the financial burden it would impose. As I wrapped up our call with an apology for the inconvenience, he abruptly hung up. Ironically, he was unaware that I had just assisted another individual in clearing a much larger debt of over $6,000 thanks to some loopholes I'd discovered. My plan was to extend the same courtesy to him. If the payment proved burdensome, I was prepared to help. However, his rash decision to settle the debt without further discussion closed that door. Just an hour later, I learned he had paid in full, missing out on a potential resolution I could have offered. I think in a situation like this, I'd be a bit worried, but I mean, granted, I don't know what this guy's financial situation was like. Maybe they were the kind of person that could stomach that hit. I don't know if my mind would go to, hey, can you particularly help me out on this? But if it's something that has to go through the company, I would be like, is there a payment plan option? Our next story is living large. My sister-in-law is a special case. She's living with us to find herself, I guess. It's been coming to a head lately that she does nothing, pays no rent, utilities, or food, does little to nothing by way of being appreciative of us footing her cost of living. Recently, I put my foot down and said this has to end. Tonight, very calmly, I asked her what her plans were for moving forward. She shut me down, claiming she doesn't have the mental capacity right now to have this conversation. So I quietly went to my Wi-Fi and scheduled her some random downtime off my network. She and the wife are not tech-savvy enough to find my modification. I rule this router. Ha! I mean, it's kind of sad that you have to treat them like some unruly teenager that won't do their homework. But I mean, when you're footing their entire existence and they're not putting in any work, I don't really fault OP there. Our next story is Hog the Armrest and More? enjoy everyone's worst nightmare on a flight. A couple of months ago, I, male 38, was on a flight back from Corfu to Manchester with my partner, female 23, our son, 14 months, and my partner's parents, male 59, female 54. With the title, you can probably guess where this is going already. We all booked and paid for our seats to be sat together on our orange-themed budget airline flight with a 3-3 layout either side of the aisle. I took the aisle seat to the left on my own, with my partner and her parents taking the three seats together across from me to the right. We all know the budget airline business model, cram as much cattle in as physically possible, make it uncomfortable as possible, although I don't mind the lack of reclining seats, having had so many Karens in front of me on long hauls before, and charge for everything possible barring the lose. Though I believe that has been discussed by a couple of budget airlines in the past, Upon taking my seat, the gentleman in the middle seat was taking the full armrest up. No issues here, it was to his right. His assumed partner at the window seat used the one between the two of them, and I have the one to my right on the aisle. 
However, not only was he taking up the armrest, his elbow was taking up a large portion of my seat. And when sat back, seatbelt on, I took a few elbow jabs to my kidney region. Not taking hints of me pushing back or my less than discreet missus saying to me to tell him to move it or lose it, I decided that my son and his lack of plain etiquette, sleep, space to play in and all around lack of understanding why he's back on one of these plain thingies after 11 nights in the sun and splashing daily in a pool was my responsibility to settle down and keep entertained. Side note, we previously agreed that as I had other passengers to my side and the other three are all together and related, they would tend to him on the flight out of politeness to others. Anyways, the kidney elbower soon had a taste of his own medicine as my hyperactive, overtired, and confused son was lashing his limbs about like one of them tall, blowy blokes you normally get on used car sales forecourts, caught him with a few sweet heels and even a backwards headbutt to his right torso. All this while still not screaming though, so other passengers weren't disrupted by his shenanigans. Yes, my flight was uncomfortable. But it was before I took my son on my lap anyway. I just made sure that I wasn't the only one to endure an uncomfortable flight. If only the gentleman had not taken liberties of overhanging the armrest with his elbow in my kidneys. See, I really don't understand people like that. I mean, if this guy was so gargantuan that he literally couldn't help it, maybe I'd understand. But this guy had to be consciously aware of feeling his elbow jabbing this guy in the ribs or the kidney. I mean, how much of an intentional jerk can you be? I don't think the guy maybe had the capacity to understand what OP was doing was malicious. But you kind of pray that they could figure out that OP chose to have the kid and was having the kid act out all wild solely just to upset this guy. Solely just to get back at him. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.